Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, with us today, gentlemen, that I'm very excited to have, uh, my dear friend, Cuthberto Ramos. Cuthberto is, he's a reformed loan officer. He is uh, a real estate investor, a financier, no stranger to change to personal transformation, both in business and elsewhere. Uh, so grateful to have you here with us today, buddy. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Intentional Soul. Well, thank you for having me, brother. I am looking forward to this and been excited since the moment uh, you started the podcast. So I'm looking forward to this. One of the most soulful individuals that I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, would you mind uh, telling us a little bit, Cuthberto, uh, tell us about your, about your background, about yourself, like, like what lands you in this chair right now? What's the short version of a long story? Short version of a long story was, um, you know, like, like a lot of people who were raised inside of an entrepreneurial family as a kid, right? You get raised in their aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody's kind of taking the same you know, you get to, I learned so much from them uh, on their failures as well. And I knew right away simply because of an event that happened years ago that real estate was going to be like where I was going to go. Once I got into real estate, like all of us, we needed to find our place and financing and, and being a loan officer was where it started. But it not only not only did it did it start my journey into wealth creation or whatever it was, my transformational journey began as well. And, uh, you know, without, by making the story short, uh, the evolution of everything of, that you know me to be, brother, has always been because of there's always been something additional to it, which is what, where you and me connect at, at the level at, the soul level at, which is like, it's, it's never been separate from that. So my journey into entrepreneurial is as long as as my journey into this development. And like you mentioned earlier, I have I'm known for my transformational changes, and they happen simply because as I level up, as I evolve, as I go through breakdowns and the breakdown the breakthroughs come, I'm I have the willingness to 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 take myself on and change and let change at levels that. I've gotten to the point where I've changed that at levels that people think would think are just habitual or unchangeable or cultural ingrained. So I don't know if that's the short version, but it, it there's, there is a great uh, journey from, like you said, loan officer to real estate investor to really finding my own as a financier. And now in this family office type of uh, environment where I manage my own myself and my closest family and my closest friends and their families and that uh, wealth. And so that's how I got here. That's amazing. And just in that little short, there's a lot of different questions that I, uh, that I have and places that we can, we can like launch from, but just to give people, an give people a, 
a frame of reference for what you're talking about. Um, you, you and I were both veterans of the mortgage industry, didn't know each other. You were in Cali, I was in Arizona a million years ago. Um, you had, you had had a stepping off point, um, at some point after, you know, around the collapse and you moved into real estate investing and you amassed a considerable amount of, of real estate investments and, uh, had been doing a considerable amount of capital raising for projects, which, you know, that's what we, when we say financier, I'm, I'm speaking to the audience right now. When we say financier, it is, there's an opportunity that exists and someone needs to create the money to be able yeah. to fulfill the opportunity. And you that's became right. through the course of your, through the course of your uh, real estate practice, this incredible financier, because you, you produced results for people over and over and over again your risk tolerance for anybody that knows you is is like non-existent you know it's <laughs> yeah, like no some way. people operate here you're like yeah, i don't have yeah, it. like no like no way and then yeah and, then, and then now it's almost exclusively when you talk about this move into into family office or whatever you're talking about people that you are that you are working with that deal with generational wealth yeah. Yeah. And and the the kind of big number that that uh, you know it, it almost sounds like lottery type of yeah. uh, you know, type yeah. of stuff. So I just want I'm giving the, some context because like that's the world in which in which you live in which you operate in which you capital raise for uh, that you're that you're a part of, and that is over here. And it's in, in the place that you started from was was way back over way here. Back a lot of story in between. So oh. let's start. Yeah. Go for it. No, I go. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of story. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead so, so let's, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to start with, with the very beginning here real quick, which was, uh, which was, you said that somehow you always knew like real estate was going to be a thing. It was part of an yeah. entrepreneurial family. Like what, like, what was that little, that little nugget, uh, that you seemingly threw away in the intro? Well, it was, um, okay. So it's like, like I said, my, I, I grew up in a very prosperous time of entrepreneurial, like, a, 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 but the, my family was more successful due to just a blind work habit, no financial education, right? It, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it was the grit really that, uh, that was given to us as um, hard, work. About hard work, right? So, and then the savings and loan crash happened in 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. And almost, it felt like it just wiped out my entire family. And I'm not just talking about my parents. I'm talking about my, like as close knit as we were in a community, right? We got completely wiped out except one family. And that was a family of real estate investors. And I just remember because of the, you know, you, the duality of, experiencing something, experiencing the hurt of the loss, and then recognizing what didn't, like what didn't affect it. And it was that. And luckily I was able to go work with these uncles um, under them and find out what they were doing. Um, And kudos to them, you know, for taking me on as their gopher. Right. And, um, and, but while I was in that process, I needed to eat, right? Because I was basically just a gopher. It's not like I was being welfared by anybody. It was just like, mm-hmm. and in there, I try to, I try to, I, I, I try to be into sale in, in the sales of real estate, but it never, it never translated. And and when my second kid was born, I remember I committed to making a change to being a loan officer. And boy, did I thrive under that. And this is before even subprime came. I was already a loan officer 
when 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 you know all, all we had was FHA really I mean yeah. even conventional felt like it was out of my reach right it was more FHA and then I was I was already at full swing during the during the subprime I was in the I, I consider myself to be one of the people who were like very much involved in the entire subprime thing. Like I wasn't just a, an outsider. And I think you and me had conversations about what that looked like, about what, mm-hmm. what, what it, what it was we were doing, how we were doing it. And, um, and then, and then I lost it all. Like, like I lost, so it wasn't just getting into real estate. Like I thought as a youth, Oh, I won't lose I won't lose if I go into real estate and then I go into real estate and become a full fledged member of the community, full timer, you know, cutting edge. And I still lost. Well, what was it? Well, then, then it was the financial education side of it. And then I went on a journey. Right. And it wasn't just learning. It was doing right. We amassed uh, in two, from 2009 so probably a year ago before before my the, the situation happened with my business partner, me and him out of out of the complete crash, bro, out of just out of the dust of the crash, the rubble. I'm talking about the dust cloud from rubble. Yep. Out of that, without a dime in our pocket, but but this know-how, both my business partner Manny and I just went out and we we accumulated about a hundred million dollars worth of real estate acquisitions and holdings. We've sold, we have since sold so much of it and, trans- and transitioned into greater projects, but it was this constant question that I was on. It wasn't just I was living in this randomness. It was this constant. And then even after I did that, somewhere in the middle, like 15, 16, or 17, I also evolved into from the real estate investor and that old program of just grit going out and just grinding it out to a higher conscious, right? And it's no coincidence that you and me found ourselves in the community of Matthew, of Matthew Ferry. That's where we, that's where we met, right? Which is somebody who I had already been following like really heavy years, but it wasn't until I decided that there was another level to it. It wasn't just being, it wasn't just being a, a grinded out real estate investor professional, it was almost like the role of the the role of the financier had to come at a price of changing who I was and who I show up as. And and it, at that same second that I was making that change is when I met you. So it. It, it was, I guess what I'm trying to lay out, it was, it, 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 it might've looked natural, but it was a sequence from a constant question. And yes, and it comes from that low risk tolerance that I have you know, did not, I'm not a gambler, for instance, but it was, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd love for the, for the audience to understand that, that even, even meeting you, who's been a big, who you've been a big influence in my life, even meeting you, right, became like, it was when I was ready to be that in which I'm stepping into now. And, and each and every time I had to make that change, like, I recognize the opportunity that the new version of me, the upgrade had to come in. And too many of my peers and my friends just stayed because they chose not to go through the, through the transmutation of, of it. And I don't know if I'm just kind of a loony and why I take it on, but I did it. And here I am. 
So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's uh, like, you know, the, the flexibility uh, that you had, uh, that you had to deploy, maybe, maybe the, the courage that you had to deploy. So you're, you're nothing's broken. Everything, yeah. Everything's moving like crazy. And this is like in the mid 2010s. And yet there's some shift that you, that you want to make that you just feel like is the right move. Like, like describe, describe the reason why, you would have decided to elevate yourself and move into something different, i.e. more of the financier standpoint and start yeah. and start doing something different than real estate. Uh, like, like what, like what was that? And then what, you know, talk about the reinvention process. Like, sure. like what did you have? How did you, how did you navigate those, those waters to be known okay. for something that's right and be known exquisitely for something and then do something different is not just, it's not the normal thing that people do. So would you mind? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I would say the first half of this 20 plus year journey, um, the first half was a lot, felt a lot more in, instinctual. And all, I only say it because of this, right? Because of this, like, for instance, many aspects of us, like, like, like a serial entrepreneur is the type that is constantly starting a new business and never finishes it, right? So I'm not saying that that was what, was, what it was with me. I was more of a self-improvement hardcore without trying to say the word junkie, but believe me, it's almost like it, it almost came. And what, man, what did that look like for you? What, what did well, a self-improvement it, it was, it was a constant. Like? Well, it, was, it was a, this constant need to improve. Okay. However, so Matthew, Matthew had given me a, an old um, affirmation for myself, right? To keep my ass at bay, right? Which is just because I want to get better doesn't mean that what I have now is bad. Mm. So, so that that relieved that relieved a lot of the of the unconscious dissatisfaction. I was very satisfied. I was right. satisfied with the status. I was satisfied with with uh, with the result. But there was an unconscious dissatisfaction that came from constantly wanting to grow. I say that because that was a very much a first half of my career. That's why I called it instinctual without really knowing the best word to phrase it because it was unconscious. Yeah. It was when I became conscious and I, and I, and I enjoyed the run. Like I, what I mean by the run is I enjoyed the process. And then when the waves, like a surfer, they stopped coming, I, you know, I learned that, 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 that cycle came to an end. So I was very good at identifying through just not just feeling through not just intuition through all through obvious feedback from the world that I was going into full effect and I was completing cycles and as cycles ended cycles start and that was I did that for a while and today today I am doing things like that at a more conscious level a more intentional level and you know this because I like the breakdowns are just so much shorter than they were. And I'm still doing it right. It's this non-attachment to the identity and the applause and the recognition of what I had accomplished and not, and know that I, even though I, I was that, you know, that there was, that there was greater coming through in an inspirational sense. So you know, I don't want to, I don't want to word sell it this as much as possible, but I just, I think I can see it, right? I can see how it was instinctual, meaning it was very unconscious. And there, and there was a lot of erroneous aspects 
to it. And that's why I brought up the entrepreneurial side of it. And then there was one where it was where I was where I was paying attention to the content and the feedback of life to kind of give me indicators of starting and ending cycles to now to now. Right. Just kind of being an expression of that, what's coming through me, that inspiration that's coming through me. And and when I'm in that flow, bro, when I'm in that flow of that inspiration, like, dude, it's it, even the breakdowns feel natural. Yeah. And the breakthroughs are like grabbing a bull by the horns, bro. And it just and it, and it, it goes at a rush. And the, the problem is and here's the problem. The world doesn't know yet you're even doing it because you still look the same. Right. Your hair didn't turn green. Your skin, you to the world, it's the same. But to you, tomorrow, you're just a different dude, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, and then once I know that I'm the different dude, then the world starts catching up, and that's that's where I get the, the positive feedback on that. Well, and that's uh, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because in my own process, what I've done in my own in my own world with the dissolution of my old business and everything yeah. looks confounding to to almost everyone else like why would i possibly do that and it's and it is because this thing where it's like you stop being a thing over here and you're becoming the different uh, the different uh, version of yourself and then by the time the change gets made or in the physical world you're, you've already been that for a while. So it's a natural, it's like a right. thing for you That's right. However, to everybody else. It's like the first time that they're, that they haven't been updated along the, uh, along they the- have not been updated, bro. It's like, it's like Microsoft and Apple updating, like, and you haven't updated your computer for like a year. You're like, <laughs> Oh shit. That's how my wife feels. Imagine hey, my wife's like, Whoa, Whoa, wait a minute. Right. Like, and it's cool, dude. It's cool. For those of us who, who are, have a predisposition to understand more about ourselves and to seek higher degrees of, of self-awareness and to express more purely like whatever we are at a soul level, it has to be maddening to be married to that. And God bless my wife and, and yours, but you, you said something really interesting. I want to kind of go back to here. Um, that was a, uh, almost talking about the mechanism of making this, this change. So, and I want to parse it a little bit for, for listeners because I can feel everything and understand everything, but I want to make sure that they're getting in it as well. Sure, 100%. So what I heard is, uh, the instinctual part of your first, uh, of the, the first half of your career was basically just you running a little bit more, by instinct on autopilot before you de- you describe it as you being more conscious or more or more aware i want to put a pin in that real quick and i want to come back sure. to it and talk about like sure. what was that process for you but sure. when that thing happened your ability to to move into something else despite yeah. the success that you had in the thing that you were doing you said something very interesting and it was that you didn't have like an attachment to to the praise and the the adulation or the results or whatever you, you said something slightly different but like it was yeah. the non-attachment to the identity yeah and the and essentially the, the the praise of of whatever you had been or are in the world from other people that non-attachment allowed you to to be able to feel and just like like what's the most am i hallucinating correctly when i'm saying like 
it's kind of like you were feeling around for what's the most authentic yeah, expression that, of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was waiting for you to say that because uh, I was yeah. going to say it's a, it was a feeling, but you nailed it. So yeah. I, I, I want to say it like this. It's almost like that expression of an intuitive nudge, uh-huh. right? Now, now, there was, again, in the earlier parts when, it, when, I didn't, when I didn't do this properly through that instinctual side, there was a lot of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So give give right? give a physical example of uh, of that just just for people. Give just make something up. Okay, like like a, throwing a baby out with a bathwater is like you give you you gave up too many of the benefits. You like you you exited that identity a little bit too early because you didn't like two or three things from it. Like, ah. a, like you know, a, like, like the ah, pretty, this doesn't feel good. So screw yeah, it so all. fuck it. Fuck. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. That's no, right. Like, yeah, we we, we fly yeah. the f bomb flag. Yeah. So so it's like, nah, forget it. So that was a very that was a very premature way of doing it, right? Because because I was resisting that, and then as I go to the next experience, I realized the shit just kept coming along with yep. me. It wasn't until I got balanced with that which what I which was I was resisting that I was able to make a cleaner transaction uh, transition. So. This intuitive nudge, going back to this intuitive nudge, right? So I do want to say the following. No, I, I, I am, a, a, as a person who does a lot of this work, I, I, do, I do write goals. I do write intentions. But I started to become even more intentional with how, I, with how I came up with this, right? So really back in 2009, early 2009, I, re- I did this crazy meditation. I, and I had read Matthew's book. But I also had read a couple of other books and I was like, huh, like some of these, like some of these main manifesting people like, um, you know, you know, Waddles, um, you name it, um, Hill, you know, all of these authors, they always had like play this game kind of thing. So I came out and I invented my own little game in which it, in 30 days, like a dollar would double, right? Like a dollar to the two double or like it then. And, and eventually it, it, got, it, it grew, right? But what I needed to do every day was mentally spend it, mentally spend it. Like I needed, if I had, if today I needed to mentally spend a million dollars, I needed to see what it is that I would be doing, like what I would be spending. And now this is not a game I played all the time. And there's a reason why I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this. Because I was able to kind of internalize the road map with a game like this, this wasn't the only games that I, that I did through visualization, meditation and all these things, but I I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of give like, like, like a movie creating a character arc. I'm trying to create a reason on how this intuitive nudge was not just a feeling, but it was a feeling with an awareness because I had internalized it. Because I was, I didn't just write it down on a piece of paper. I gave, I did the personal, the personal practice of maybe not having a dollar in my account, but in this imaginary account, my imaginary account, I had five hundred million dollars that I, with gusto, went to go look for how to spend. Right, and I, so it felt like it felt like it, all it was was really practice, the way a sports team has their 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 walkthrough practices. Yep. So when so when I would when I would release it and I would go on to my day, elements of the opportunity for me to do exactly that would appear, and that's when the nudge would um, would identify. And then, so you, you I want to put pause just yeah. for a fast second. So you essentially what you're describing is you 
essentially primed yourself to yeah. for the instinct to show mm-hmm. itself towards the thing that you were that you were imagining mm-hmm. and living, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm visualizing it's part of me. I know that this is a thing. And so when I'm out in the world, I'm compelled and I'm feeling nudged towards those things that are in alignment with that ultimate vision. 100%. It was Got almost it. like, like I primed myself to get the beans, the beans for the beanstalk. Yeah. Like I wasn't just looking for the beanstalk. I was like, when the seeds showed up, I knew it. Like right? I know those. I'm going to plant that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what it does because I already did it. So I, I, I now that is just, there's that's, a lot. That's amazing. By the way, that, that, that's an incredible mental, uh, like, like mental framework. That's most people, if it's like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking and I'm manifesting this or that or whatever. And then they're essentially looking for like looking for that thing or that evidence, that thing that's versus right. being that connected to this massive vision and then finding all the be- all the beans along the way is an incredible uh, tool. That's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And, 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 I, and I just have the final like bow on top of it, right? Like there was, I read this crazy book. I don't even nearly need to say it, but the, one of this, one of this, one of the most fascinating things I read about that was this idea that like, when you're fully committed, 100% committed, something powerful happens. But it, it, it also discounts that if you're 99% committed, it's just as good as zero, right? And, and But I'm not really going to break into that. But one of the powerful things that says it happens at a soul level, at a conscious level, at an awareness level, is that when you are 100% committed to something, all of the objections that could possibly come up, they come up instantly, like in front of you instantly. That's the difference between knowing. Mm. And so I kind of had that little program running that when I'm 100%, everything shows up. So what would happen when this intuitive nudge of what these beanstalks uh, that I, these beans that I was, that I was looking for would show up. And I knew that I was fully committed to doing that. It told me instantly in an instinctual moment, like an intuitive moment, this is the price you have to pay in order to do. And many a times it was, you must cease to be who you currently are. Mm. Now it didn't always, sometimes it just said you had to modify the fact that you're an asshole sometimes, dude, that's all it was. (laughs) So That's not an expensive, that wasn't an expensive, but when the, And not, so not too the, confronting. Hey, stop being yeah, an asshole. It's, it's not okay. terribly confronting. You know what? Wake up at five today. How's that? Oh, perfect. Yeah. But then, but then every seven or eight years, man, the one that would change my life, the price to pay, the, 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 you know, you know, the price to pay the toll yeah. right? showed up. And it's like, you know, Peter, St. Peter at the gate saying, bro, in order for you to come this way, right? This needs to stay. Will you do it? And that's what I meant about my buddy saying, you know what, Guru, I didn't bring my passport. I'm good. I'm a chill. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm moving on because I've seen this and I'm going to do this. And like I said, this is not always, but it was like, because come, come, come on, dude, like how could, how could I just unconsciously just want to take on a shift of identity? There had to be so much power behind it. Right. And that's it, bro. That's amazing. I've got a God, dude, we could go for uh, for we can go. You and me can go for Um, hours, bro. I mean, hold on for people who know we vacation together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we hung out. Yeah, we hung out in Mammoth recently. We hung out in the DR recently. Like, like, so we we, a part of Ayarta. 
you know, yeah. you know, so we, we, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, that was sweaty. Believe, what believe was sweaty. me, fellas, this is a snack conversation that me and Tom are having. What I mean, snack, this isn't dinner. This is just, yeah. hey, you have peanuts, you have some fruit, give it to me. Hey, so what's up? Like, this is what me and you sound like for, for, for those who are listening. We, we trade sneezes and it takes, uh, it takes about an hour oh, and a half. Um, just to break it. So, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to definitely do this again. I want to do a couple rapid fire sure, uh, questions sure, let's do it. because any other question I ask uh, that I really want to ask is going to be another 45 minutes. So. Yeah, I know, bro. I got you, brother. I got you. I feel you. Um, how is doing what you're, what you're doing right now? Like what you're doing right now? Is it, sure. is it what you had visioned and what you had imagined or is it yeah. totally different in your life? That's it's, it's awesome to say that it's both. It's what you envision, but then you also realize that it's that it's it's just different because because you weren't aware of what, what this experience would be like. It was it's what you envision because it was almost like this was the practical thing I saw myself doing versus now, like now that I'm here, what's different is the meaning. Like, fuck, now that I'm doing this, this other part that I thought mattered didn't matter. Yeah. This other things that I was doing, they don't matter. That's where the, the difference in feeling is. It was exactly what I wanted, but it wasn't for the, it wasn't for the, at the moment, survival need for that goal to do. It yeah. was, it was similar to, to the person who probably went their entire life taking care of every penny and not wanting to give a budge on anything, become a multimillionaire, get to the level that they want, and then dedicate their life to philanthropy, which is the complete opposite of, of what they did. It was because the meaning changed, the significance changed. And because he, uh, there's a, you know, I'm just going to say this scene, right? There was this moment on, on uh, the Avengers where, where um, oh my God, what's the big dude's name who snapped his finger? Um, Thanos. Uh, Thanos, he just... Once he accomplished it, he was just in his little shack, a little cabin, and just sat down and had peace. That's guaranteed to happen when you accomplish it. Like, there isn't this radical celebration. There's just the, huh, moment, right? But then there's a whole slew of beautiful inspiration and change in perspective and new inspirations to do other things that are in line with that peace. So that's kind of what I'm kind of saying. Look, I so reached, what you're you're arguing that Thanos was enhanced, which I which I listen, bro. Uh, I don't yeah. make me start this conversation. <laughs> I'm probably pro Thanos in the conversation here, right? Like I you think see he the enlightenment in Thanos that isn't yourself. 100. I I would argue uh, that that many people, maybe even most people, who when they accomplish the thing that they thought they were going to accomplish don't necessarily have that, uh, that piece, right? You, my friend are, are an anomaly, but that's because like what you're describing earlier, which is like, you are so connected to, to the source and the expression. that's just kind of like that. You're like, what is coming through me? What am I inspired to kind of create that when you, when it, as it comes, you're experiencing the peace, you're experiencing excitement. And then when it, when it finishes, you're still experiencing excitement and peace. And that's, that's, uh, that, that's not everybody, but we want it for everybody, obviously. Well, it, it's, it's hilarious because you taught me something that one day that I repeated it to you. You're like, holy moly, that's pretty good. I should write that down. I'm like, you taught me this. And it was, <laughs> and it was something in that effect, right? Which is learning to architect. I learned to architect my life from the 
inside out. Right. Instead of architecting my line up no, for people saying this is copyright at the bottom, Thomas Ross, like he said this, right. <laughs> sure and, and then when I told it to him, he was like, wow, that was pretty good. Like, if you think about it, what I'm taking my own advice I, a long time yeah, ago. <laughs> I, I architected my life from the inside by discerning what's coming through me. Yeah. So what was coming through me, right? So this game that I played allowed allowed me to listen to what was what I was actually discerning. What's coming through me was so the, the game, this little, this little game of playing that I told you was a game of discernment. Okay, today I have a million dollars. What's coming through me is what choosing what I would want to buy. So it's, since it's so it's, since it's coming through me and I'm architecting it from the inside, it was only a matter of time before the outside did it and it said, "All right, little bitch, are you ready to pay the piper?" Right. Like that's really what it was. Okay, it came. Now what? Right? So this was again, I was doing it years before years before you said it to me, but when you said it to me, you basically described my process. Yeah. It's discern. It's, it's, it's architecting, basically having it all internally first based on what's coming through and not architecting my life based on the feedback of the world, because that's not what's coming through. That's probably what came through. Yeah. But that's not what, that's not what you're in line with. So well, you're, just you're, to you're, that. you're pointing at, no, you're pointing to, uh, you know, when you talk about like what's coming through the quality, like how do, how do, how do I figure that out? And, and it comes from a way it comes, not, not the only way, but a yeah. way it comes, the predictable duplicatable way it comes is when you have a quiet mind, when you know that all is well, when you live uh, more often in that, in that space of all as well, then the quiet that you experience, like there's this voice, there's this tiny voice that goes on. And then that's like the inspiration. Yeah. All the noise that you pointed to when you circled your arm around your head, the outside world, um, you know, and, and, and the, the normal mind chatter that exists very, very hard to hear the what's coming through. And so, and so it is the guaranteed way to have extraordinary satisfaction in, yeah. in the, whatever it is that you're that you're seeking is like when it's an expression of you, as opposed to when you're when you're paying attention to the voices outside and you're trying to uh, and you're trying to find happiness through, uh, through something right. external. Um, so did you let me ask you uh, another fast question? <laughs> fast question. Yeah, fast question. But yeah, good luck. Is uh. Yeah. Do you experience courage any longer? Yeah. Like where you found that you have to be courageous or is it simply is, is, is there things that would people would perceive as courageous, just part of doing business because of how tuned in you are right now? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think courageous courage really is the way I experience it. Right. It, it was, it was, was I courageous against my fears? Was I courageous against my my uh my worrisome like whatever it was right so right now my courage is is um is manifesting in my legitimate intent and you heard me say this intention which i want the world to think that i'm lucky remember i mentioned that i want the world to say i'm lucky why be because there's something powerful around that and i'm going to describe it and hopefully this is the short the short answer to your question right so you know, like many people, I, I cared about what people thought about me. And then I consciously said, I really didn't care. And I thought to the point where I thought I really didn't care, but subconsciously, my attention was still focused on what people thought about me. I knew it because the results, 
told me that I was still in some form or another attached to what people thought about me. What does that mean? That I, well, well, hold on. Well, like, like, not that I, not that I'm trying to have the longer version of the answer, but like, that's too good. What about the results or the feedback you were getting from the environment told you that you were still attached? Well, because it was, I was still like, like a, like I can still tell, like there was still like, like little things peeping its head out that there was a hidden motive to care about what people think. So it was, it was the, it was my awareness and my intuition that it was still a hidden motive. Even like you, though you I can was feel like, there's something here that's yeah. caring about something that, yeah. that, that yeah. is indicating that I'm yeah. still attached. It wasn't conscious people pleasing, but it was, there was an unconsciousness. So yeah. when I declared that I wanted to be lucky, that I want people to think that I'm lucky. It was like the most, for me, for me, it was the most suspended feeling of not of releasing the need, meaning because I have, there's two things that happen if I, if people think I'm lucky one, they're going to discount all the hard work that I've done. Yeah. They're just going to see, they're just going to see what I've accomplished in the moment. Right. And then there's, but there's also, it also, it also allows me to be very neutral because, because there's going to be people who are going to be like, Hey, I'm pretty proud of your, that's pretty awesome of what you accomplished. So yeah. there's a reason behind to answer the question about the courage by me releasing the need to releasing that attention and suspending it and now putting the attention on the abundance that uh, like, so I basically, and you would understand this and hopefully this podcast has the same elk of people who are just as insane as you and me who understand that it was what I did was I removed this unconscious attention from something that was degrading and I put it for something that was thriving. Mm -hmm. It didn't like my brain still wants a sandwich tomorrow. It wasn't thinking about it. This was on an unconscious level. So what I started to focus on, what I started to focus on, I realized that one thing had to happen. Remember, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yep. Right. So you and I are nerds at what we prepare at, like the, the inner faculties that we work on to prepare and who we are and who we show up as in the world is what brings us the opportunities, right? So we're prepared, opportunities show up, where does courage live in my world? My willingness to take on the opportunity. Yeah. That's where courage now lives. It used to live on a heavy survival. For those who don't know or maybe can't see me, I'm a 6'1", 250, muscular, big bearded, tattooed, brown Mexican dude. Like yep. I, am, I am not your prototypical, like whatever it is you said that I am now. Like I, it just, I don't look the type. So- just based on my general background, you know, courage had a whole different meaning, right? Yeah. Today, today, because I'm committed in a great, um, because I'm committed to abundance, which automatically translate that I have released the need for people to think what it is they think about me. But because I am committed to constantly taking on the opportunities that do come across my table, my inner, my inner table. Like the way I mentioned my, the, the piper that I have to pay, do I have the courage to do it? And it, and it fully lives there intact. Hopefully I didn't lose people with the nonsense that I just rambled, but it is very important where, where I recognize courage lives. And I, I needed to give you the backstory of yeah. that, of that. So, so you can kind of grasp it. No, no. I think you described it beautifully. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, hit a couple of highlighted points here sure. uh, real quick. So, so the, the thing about, about, 
having a specific intention to be lucky is what lucky really is to the outside is anonymity because you actually, you actually have to, which is, which is what you pointed to. It's the release of the attachment of people giving if people like thinking that you're anything, right? Like that you're, right. You're, look how good he is at this. Look how good yeah. he is at that. No. Cause right. if that mother effer is lucky, then he's just lucky. He doesn't even That's know. Right. So it, ta- yeah. it takes you into this, like, if you know, you know, kind of situation, but from the outside yeah. world, they can just think that they can just think that I'm lucky, you know? Right. You know? And so, so that that's the, and I think that, and when you say willingness is where your courage shows up, I hear two things. So number one, the, the, there's a courage in letting go of, of what people think of you, because, you know, let's be honest, everything that we've created in our lives is a result of what people think of us, right? Like those are the results that we kind of create. So there is a courage in transforming that, where the, where you're, like you said, your intention was into just the intention I'm focused on the outcome and I'm lucky. The second spot is it seems that your willingness leads you into wild fits of transformation from one thing to the other. And then there's just courage and being willing to go into whatever happens to be coming through next. And so, no, I think you, I think you freaking nailed it, man. And and thank you. Um, Last, uh, last question here. Let's do it. And then we'll we'll have, we'll leave the other fifty for uh, for you know ten, ten more ten more casts. <laughs> the next one, yeah, call, um, yeah. Put, put put me in put me in as a correspondent. That okay. way, I'm constantly in. Ramos right? on the street. Yeah, yeah. Ramos <laughs> on the street. What 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 do you got on this? Dude, What's we can support? totally do that. We will one hundred percent one hundred percent do that. Heck yeah. A two Don't minute Ramos on the street. Twenty minutes guaranteed. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, what's the uh, so if you're going to share something with someone. Uh, who's listening, who kind of like is, is in a spot where they want to take a risk, you know, maybe, maybe it's a self-expression, be more of who they are, or maybe it's, maybe it's something that's more of like a, more of like a tactical thing, you know, within the scope of, of work. Uh, And they're in that kind of like that, like that, that fear space, like what words do you have for somebody to give themselves permission to be able to, to be able to step out and, and, and be more of, of who they are or take risks that you seem to take uh, as, as just part of life. Okay. Well, besides listening to this podcast and really following it, because I think the first thing is that, that it's this, what we're describing, this, what we talk about is not only something that you and me are passionate about, but is because we can see the direct result. The, we can relate the abundance that we have in our life to, to the practice. So I want to make sure that's the first thing I want people to understand that, that uh, that this soul spiritual work is directly related. So it's not it's it's not exclusive the way I think a lot of the world will try to make you do. So that's one. But here's here's what it is. Here's what it is. Because I've done it so much, I can kind of give a body of work like a sample size to say the following. So our skill sets and what we when we're going to jump uh, or we're going to jump and be courageous to do something, right? A lot of us are stopped by what we need to know in order to do something, meaning our skill sets or the way Matthew taught me is this ability to constantly be tried at it, right? This like what we have, the kind of knowledge that we have. But here's, here's this is what I'm going to tell you. You don't need to know it all. Now, this is not this F how that he, he talks. Now, this, you don't need to know the skills, have the skills of all of them. Because this happens, and I will love feedback for anybody who's ever had this. 
when you jump into this new identity that you're jumping into, something magical happens. Skills that you didn't know you had sprout. Knowledge that you didn't know you had sprout out of nowhere. You will have a, uh, you will sound like an expert to somebody, not because you have the gift of gab, because you tapped into this other type of potential mentally, right? Like, like you're going to say stuff like, like to yourself, holy shit, I didn't even know that I knew that. Hence what Tom said when I told him what he told me. And he's like, really? I said that? And it wasn't because he was channeling necessarily. It was because who he was stepping into at that time said, Tom, you now know this. So it's almost like, yes, it's important to know things, try things, experience things. It's important because it helps you guide when you're going to make that decision in the front end. But because but so many people want to know it all before they make a decision. I'm here to invite you. You're listening to a show called Intentional Soul. So I guess I'm, liber- I'm at liberty to say that when you jump, when you deep dive into it head first, knowledge, experience, stuff like things that you didn't have will sprout. Skills and knowledge that you didn't know you had. Because it will completely come out of nowhere. And you combine that with the tried stuff, with what you do have done. And I will venture to say that what you've done and what you've learned has a higher benefit only as reference in the new identity. But it's what's coming through you that is the real knowledge. It is the skills that are naturally, that feel like you're a natural at this because of this magical process of fully committing to doing it. So that's what I would share to the world, brother, that, that don't get hung up on having to know something. When you deep dive into it, you will know more. Beautifully said, and let's leave it there for, for this that. round, my friend. Um, Cuthberto Ramos. Thank you, brother. Thank, thank you so much for, for hanging. And, uh, you know, hey, if somebody wants to give you feedback and take you up on that challenge, um, you know, where, uh, where, can they, where can they follow you or, or reach you? Uh, listen, my, uh, I don't know if you're going to put this up. My, I would say just, I don't know, man, message me, but uh, message me on or, or just email me. Uh, you got me Ramos at Gmail. This is going to be on the title, Cuthberto Ramos, no underscore Cuthberto Ramos at Gmail. If you want any feedback, hey, you I'm, like I'm, it. Just, I'm just putting it out there because you were you're like, hey, I would I would I would, I would love, love to know. Somebody tell yeah, me, give because, me feedback. because I'm, I'm so convinced of that. I'm so convinced, bro. I'm so convinced that 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 when you do it, it just comes up, man. And, you know. Thank you, brother. That's what it is, I, brother. I appreciate the time and I look forward to the next conversation. And there will 100% be uh, a correspondent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. there will be correspondent Cadberto. Two minutes 20. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later. Brother. Take care. All right. This has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five star review if you found this content of value. And as always, 
I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace. Peace.